Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 22. Officer recovering from multiple gunshots, rising crime in New York City, and officer involved shooting. From Waterville, Maine, Maine.com reports an officer shot during traffic stop is recovering well. Maine State Police close off the intersection of Route 2 and Route 23 in Canaan where a gunfight erupted between police and a shoplifting suspect, Waterville Police Officer Timothy Hinton continues to recover at home as Maine State Police, the Attorney General's Office and Kennebec County District Attorney's Office investigate the traffic stop in which Hinton was shot in both arms and the suspect, Richard Murray Burns, was later shot multiple times by law enforcement officials in Canaan. Hinton responded to a report of a shoplifter at Walmart in Waterville and stopped a vehicle on Main Street when he was shot in both arms while still in his cruiser, police said at the time, a chase ensued and the suspect, Richard Murray Burns, 29, of Harmony, was shot multiple times by several law enforcement officials and taken to Northern Light Eastern Maine Medical Center in Bangor where his condition is not being revealed. A hospital spokesman said Tuesday afternoon that the hospital had received several calls inquiring about Murray Burns. Unfortunately, I have no information that I can share, he said, when asked about Murray Burns' condition. Meanwhile, Waterville Deputy Police Chief Bill Bonney said Tuesday that Hinton is at home with his family and remains on paid administrative leave, as is standard protocol when officers are involved in deadly force encounters. He is recovering well, Bonney said. He's an incredibly strong officer, both emotionally and physically, and he's processing through this as I would expect any of my officers to do. He's well on his way to recovery. Bonnie said he could not discuss specifics of the case, but he could talk about the process that takes place when officers are involved in deadly force. Several investigations are occurring simultaneously, including a criminal investigation, he said. Waterville Police are working with Maine State Police, which is investigating the case. According to Bonnie, whenever a police officer causes deadly force, it's investigated by the Attorney General's office, even if death did not occur, he said. Contacted Monday, Mark Malone, spokesman for the Attorney General's office, responded in an email that the office is investigating the use of deadly force by law enforcement officers, as is standard protocol in such situations. The investigation is ongoing. A Maine State Police trooper spray paints a circle around a shell casing Sunday on Route 23 after the shootout in Canaan. Kennebec Journal photo by Andy Malloy officials have not yet said whether Murray Burns has or will be charged in the case. Malone referred questions about possible charges to the Kennebec County District Attorney's Office. District Attorney Megan Maloney was on vacation Tuesday, according to a woman who answered the phone in her Augusta office. A call placed to Maloney's cell phone Tuesday was not returned. Bonnie said state police would be the arresting agency, if an arrest were to take place. Meanwhile, Bonnie is conducting an internal investigation at the Waterville Police Department to make sure the force used was within policy, he said, as part of department policy. A review team is appointed by the police chief to review the incident to determine two things, whether all policies were followed and whether any changes need to be made to policies based on the incident, according to Bonnie, he said a pretty complicated series of events take place following a deadly force incident, including working to ensure the emotional well-being of police officers and staff, which includes a critical debriefing. A trained mental health professional comes in to talk about the event and help employees process through it, Bonnie said.
After that, we'll make sure the officer is ready, physically and emotionally, to come back to work, he said, on December, 22, after Hinton was shot during the traffic stop, he continued to pursue Murray Burns' vehicle, which turned onto Ohio Hill Road, also known as Route 23, in Fairfield Center, and then turned north on U.S. Route 201 in the Hankley area of Fairfield, the chase continued on U.S. 201 to the Hankley Bridge, which crosses the Kennebec River to Route 23 in Clinton, and continued on 23 into Canaan, ending at the intersection of Routes 23 and 2 in that town. Murray Burns was then shot by law enforcement officers from several agencies who had joined the pursuit. At the time, Steve McCausland, spokesman for the Maine Department of Public Safety, identified seven officials who fired at Murray Burns, who he said was armed with an assault-style weapon. Several cruisers were struck by gunfire from that weapon. According to McCausland, all of the officers were placed on paid administrative leave. McCausland said they were state troopers Eric Susi, Rick Moody, Daniel Murray and Garrett Booth, Investigator Ken McMaster of the State Fire Marshal's Office, Somerset County Sheriff's Deputy Stephen Orminger, and Winslow Police Officer Cameron Huggins. Hinton was taken to Maine General Medical Center's Air Center for Health in Waterville where he was treated for his gunshot wounds and released about 4.30 p.m. Murray Burns was taken to the air and later flown by life flight helicopter to the Bangor Hospital where he was treated for multiple gunshot wounds. Asked Tuesday about the condition of the Ford Sport utility cruiser Hinton was driving December, 22, Bonnie said it took extensive damage but he was unaware of the status of the other agency's cruisers, Bonnie said the case illustrates the danger law enforcement officials face every day, I think that it goes to show that nothing is routine for us, he said, we don't know what is on the other side of that traffic stop. From New York City, HotAir.com reports the city continues to descend into chaos under the administration of Mayor Bill de Blasio particularly when it comes to the rule of law. We've already witnessed multiple instances of people dumping buckets of water on police officers as they perform their duties. There are weekly protests in Brooklyn, where marching vandals chant F the police and demand that the cops be banned from subway stations so they can more easily commit crimes. And in the latest incident, a suspect sucker punched a member of the NYPD right in front of other officers, and thanks to the lax rules being pushed by City Hall, the suspect was back out on the street almost immediately. A New York City Police Department officer was assaulted in a wild confrontation caught on camera in Brooklyn Heights. Police say 40-year-old Stephen Haynes punched an officer after being asked to leave the middle of an intersection where he was sitting. The attack took place near a Bank of America on Court and Livingston Streets. Despite those charges, Haynes is reportedly already back out on the street, according to the Police Benevolent Association. This joker decided to sit down in the middle of an intersection, it is unknown whether he's mentally unstable or was simply being a provocateur, but he needed to be removed from the street for both his own safety and that of others. The problem is that at least some of the judges in the city are already proactively implementing new bail reform policies. The mayor and city council members have determined that cash bail is somehow unfair to various members of the community. They are also looking into decriminalization of some so-called quality-of-life crimes similar to what California is doing. When you remove the disincentive to commit crimes, a certain percentage of the population is going to take advantage of that opportunity. How this isn't obvious to the powers that be in Gotham remains a mystery, the police are aware of it, however, 
and they wind up paying the price for these policies, along with all of the law-abiding citizens who wind up being victimized. As long as New Yorkers keep electing the same batch of reformers year after year, this pattern will certainly continue. Before closing, there's yet another example of this phenomenon to consider. You may have already heard about the woman who was found to have assaulted three Jewish women on the street this week. She too was released the same day without bail. Well, she'd only been back on the street for a single day before she assaulted yet another woman, and yet again she was unleashed back on the public immediately. From Lake County, California, the Press Democrat reports a Lake County Sheriff's deputy shot and killed a man armed with a knife near a Clear Lake Oaks dollar store, ending a fight that sent the deputy to a hospital with a fractured leg. The altercation began about 9.50 p.m. in the Dollar General store parking lot on Highway 20, and finished in a creek bed just west of the lot, said Lt. Corey Pollock, the creek in Clear Lake Oaks, a community about 8 miles northwest of Clear Lake separates the retailer from a Caltrans maintenance yard, medical aid was provided to the man, but he died from his injuries at the scene, Pollock said, the sheriff's office was still attempting to reach the man's family Sunday afternoon before releasing his name, the deputy involved was Wesley Beesgrove, who has been with the agency for four years, and has been on patrol for a little over a year after spending the previous three in corrections, Pollock said, Beesgrove suffered several injuries, including a broken leg, Bruised head and bite marks, Pollock said, he was treated at Street, Helena Hospital in Clear Lake and was eventually released, he had been in a pretty good fight, said Sheriff Brian Martin, who visited Beesgrove at the hospital, his injuries turned out to be a little bit more significant than we initially thought, Beesgrove has been placed on paid administrative leave, due to the extent of his injuries, Beesgrove won't return to his patrol duties for quite some time, Martin said. Pollock said the sheriff's office can't yet disclose more information about the incident Beesgrove was responding to, including the number of shots fired or where the man was struck due to the ongoing investigation by the Lake County District Attorney's Office. The criminal probe by the DA is to determine if Beesgrove's use of force was legally justified, Martin said. The sheriff's office is conducting a parallel investigation to decide if the department's use of force policies were appropriately applied, Martin said. Beesgrove was the only deputy at the scene during the fight, the sheriff said he intends to release any video that was taken during incident to comply with a transparency law enacted in July that requires agencies to share footage from critical incidents within 45 days, I want to get the information out as quickly as I can, Martin said, we're not going to have all the information for many months, but we can get a little out there and give people an idea of generally what happened. The agency's last officer-involved shooting occurred in February 2018 when Deputy Ben Moore shot and killed Jason Richard Cianze of Kelseyville, who brandished a firearm as he attempted to flee from officers in a stolen truck. The investigation by former Lake County District Attorney Don Anderson found Moore's actions were justifiable. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.